Blog Talk Radio. where all of you fascinating people meet, and I try to bring you fascinating people, too, that you will enjoy. But you know what? Tonight, all the fascinating people are you. Someone mentioned that a long time ago, we used to have pajama parties or panel shows, and yeah, yeah, it was like a... uh, uh, party line or something, or or it was like we were uh, in in cyberspace in our own little pajama party. So somebody said, why don't you do that again? And I thought, well, why don't I? And here we are. Now, I've put the word out to several people individually as well as post on social media. So let's see who calls in. Oh, and I'm your host, Madam Perry, Jennifer Perry, JP. You can just call me Perry. And I'm your groove mistress, your cruise director. I am happy to be here. But I'm going to start with a song by our dear friends, a rocking band in Liverpool, England, who is really blowing up, hitting some big-time chart action, too. Here they go.
A Place to Call Our Own by Joe Symes and the Loving Kind. This band is, I first started listening to them about five years ago, got to know them on Facebook and social media. Not only are these guys rocking, and listen, they deserve, they're charting, they're charting higher than <laughs> than a lot of your regular top 20 artists that we know. Um, I can't think of all the names right now, but I will bring them to you later in the show. However, they are also being played at the uh, games of the uh, Liverpool Football Club. Being, their music is being played during the uh, is halftime. And uh, I can't wait till they come to the States. I'm so excited. So anyway, um, to be messaging, getting messages from James Breen, the man on Facebook who got me, him and his buddy James Spring, are the ones that finally conked me over the head and made me realize I need to go to a steampunk con at Wild Wild West Con. And to say it changed my life is no joke. Uh, So the next one's coming up in March. This time it'll be the second weekend in March. He's telling me I need to go ahead and get my room. Uh, the other thing is that this year's theme will be the Roaring Twenties, and y'all know how I love that. You know I do. So um, the number here to the studio, if you don't know, is 646-716-9923. That's 646 646- Seven one six nine nine two two, Blog Talk Radio assures me that it is in the continental U.S. And so, if you've got some good news to share, call and share it. If you got something that you're confused about in the world and hope that some of my other wonderful listeners can uh, help you out, uh, bring some clarity, or just commiserate with you, call. If you got something. Um, you're excited about a new business or a new part of your business or something, uh, or your family or yourself personally, let me know. Let us all know. Give us a call, 646-716-9922. So let me see. I think I'm going to play um, play some more music or should I just play a story? You guys are so much fun. Um, oh, I know what we can do. Uh, my friend, um, Chris White, he was one of the original zombies. He's been on here with his music, um, as well as his wife, Vivian uh, Boucherat, and she's a magnificent woman. She's a musician, a singer, an artist. And when he was on, he said, his son had found all of this music he had written. Like, like It was several CDs worth of music and encouraged him to go ahead and record or re-record and put them out for the public. So this is one of the songs, and it features out the singer, you'll recognize the voice, Colin Blundstone from The Zombies. The song is called When I Was All Alone. You're not all alone. You got me. So give me a call.
never seemed to notice I was there at all. Always seemed to look the other way. Winter days were colder when I was alone. Wasn't I surprised to feel this warm inside? The way it feels to be alone with you. So if I try to hold you, and I might try to make you stay, remember I have tried to hold the colors of the morning sun. Try to keep it shining when the summer's day was done. So you must know that I was lonely. Not an easy word to laugh about And still it's not an easy word to say Chuck, talk to us about Fisdale being the Knicks' new coach. What's your uh, thoughts on that? Well, well, I'll I tell you right now, Ernie, it don't matter who going to coach this team. They don't got no talent on they it. And I don't, I don't really feel I talk That's kind of harsh. I don't feel I talk about the Knicks right now. Do you want to talk about lunch? No. <laughs> what would you like to talk about, Chuck? See, Ernie, I've been listening to a podcast called Madame Perry's Salon. And I think Jennifer Perry... She's a great host. I mean, she got all these bestseller authors, Rostar, all the dip comedians. What about people you that could, don't have rings? Here we go. Again. I got Real funny. Ah, Real funny. Ah, but I think she's great, and I think people would love her show. She got a great laugh. She make The laugh come out of nowhere like an eagle come in there and just steal the whole show. It's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. It's not terrible. No, it's not terrible. It's not terrible at all. Thank you, Charles. And uh, before that, we heard Chris White, Chris White experience when I was all alone with, of course, the beautiful voice of Colin Blundstone. Now I'm going to play a trailer for another podcast. And don't forget, 646-716-9922. And I'll be back. 
Do you like podcasts that feature high-profile interviews? I do. Two gals, <laughs> one gold shot. Oh, my. I think you've got the wrong end of the stick. <laughs> <laughs> what sort of stick are you referring to? <laughs> Flobo voice. How are you, Flobo? I'm sure I'm not the first person to say this, but, man, I love your voice. I am transported wow. to LA Confidential. Do you like podcasts that offer audio skits? I do. Ma'am, you also need to pay for your vegetables. Not according to Proposition 47. Our food debt is under $950, so we're, so we're good to go. You like podcasts that have original music? I, I do. Then I invite you both to visit www.hesaidsheheard.com and again www.hesaidsheheard.com.
right. <laughs> Killy Dyer. Killy Dwyer. And her song, Hypochondriac. I love that woman. All right, this is Jennifer, also known as Madam Perry, right in a pajama party in the genie bottle. And I believe some fabulous person, if I can get the door open, is going to come in and join us right now. Give me just um, a moment to properly, properly open the door and welcome them. Welcome. To Madam Perry Salon. Hello. Hey, Madam Perry. How are you? Hey, Chicky, it's been too long. It has. I miss you. Honey, I miss the heck out of you. (laughs) Everybody, this is the fabulous Rebecca McFarland Kyle, known to as Becky Kyle, if you're a pal of hers. And uh, Becky, 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 she's a writer. She was, uh, oh, she first came to my attention as one of the uh, Amazon uh, Breakout Novel Award judges. She's an editor, again, as I said, writer. Fascinating woman. I hear that lately you've gotten into a new type of skincare. I have. Everything that the cats drop on me? <laughs> no, didn't you get some what alien mask or something? <laughs> oh yeah, I got an alien mask. I'm, I'm, you know, the the thing is, I'm thinking about using it to answer the door because I get so many, um, you know, salesmen. I, I, I'm I'm kind of thinking that I won't have to have a no soliciting thing on my door anymore. They'll all just be giving everybody a warning. <laughs> Don't come to this place. She comes. She answers the door. You know, there's a Martian living there with a whole bunch of cats. <laughs> Can you see somebody just gets ready to go into their spill, and then they see because it's, it's this face mask, and probably everybody, probably all women, maybe a lot of guys here, have seen them. Uh, and they'll look like different faces. I got some that look like corky faces, but I just haven't had, I just haven't, I keep wanting to try it on and see what the dogs do, but I just can't do that to them right now. But, because um, I've had a lot of confusion in the neighborhood with just cutting trees down and stuff. But anyway, but Becky's looks like an alien, like the, like the standard um, army issue Roswell alien. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Damn it! You know I put all this makeup on to hide all that, and there you go. <laughs> you got, girl, you got to be true to who you are. That's where the real beauty is. And so, if I found a cat, you know I would have sent the cat to you. But I thought you see this guy falling, cracking the back of his skull when he falls back, and everything, and um, it's just one. <laughs> Well, you know, honestly, we live near the mall, and we live near the Mormon temple. Oh, and thank heaven or hell or whatever, wherever it is, you know, the, the, the one good thing about the pandemic 
has been that we don't get all the door-to-door people like we used to because it was like four or five times a day, you know, the, the two guys with the with the white shirts and the and you know the Girl Scout cookies and the you know I, if if I could sell the Girl Scout cookies to the Mormons and at a profit at a, you know I'm I'm gonna mark them up. <laughs> mark them now, up and sell them. Yeah, mark them up and sell them to the Mormons after I've sampled them. <laughs> yeah, replace you know replace some of them with crackers or something. I don't know. Uh, you know, and 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 all those beauty product people. You know, they, the the Mary Kay, Kay salesman is just gonna you know kind of wet her pants and 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 either faint or run screaming away. So, you know, I'm 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 really good with all of this. <laughs> I, you know, I don't know what the politi- what the politicians are going to do. I mean, you know, they're starting mm-hmm. to knock on the doors too. Oh, um I'm the only person that's ever t- told her state representative to get off my porch. I get off of my porch. I, I literally did. Well, you know, the it, it, okay, this nice man comes up and you know, my it's I live in Tennessee. And you know, sometimes your choice is a, a choice between a, a, an out and out crazy Republican or one that looks like he might be halfway sane. And you know, I always vote. Um, you know, I, I, I prefer to stay on the blue side of the ticket because, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I, I respect my rights and those of others. And, know you, you know, there's just a whole lot of things I don't want to enable by that party. But anyway, um, this the, my, my the current state representative came to my door and he said, I'm running against the guy that was in office. Um my first interview with the guy that was in office, you know, he basically, I, you know, I knew that I had a choice between him and another Republican, and he said, you know, vote for me, I'll do all of this, and he did none of it. He lied, and being me, I called his office and told him every time he did, <laughs> and then when he came to knock on my door, you know, I, I, I literally told him, you know, the last time you were here, you said this, 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 and this. And why in the heck should I vote for you at all? And get off my porch. Get off my lawn. Get gone. <laughs> so, you know, I don't honestly think he'll be knocking on my door. But <laughs> I don't know, sister. I can't really say a whole lot about that. But, uh <laughs> Well, did you call for did did you call me hoping for sanity or what? No, no. But I tell you, here's what I here's what I do get is um uh <laughs> sorry, I just came across a, a picture of Paul Vato. You know Paul Vato? He's an actor, comedian, writer. Uh, he was on Ooh. here recently. I met him through Brandy. Um, he's they started off in Brandy Stillwell, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, she's cool. They started, Oh, isn't she the best? And she started, yes. they uh, they were in improv together. I think they worked on Mad TV together years ago. That's how mm-hmm. they met. And he was talking about this show he was he had done. I guess it was one he created when he was working with, maybe it was Second City Improv. 
called Touched mm-hmm. by an Anglo. Oh, God. Yeah, I've seen it. Oh, oh no. Now, don't make me laugh to incontinence, okay? Okay. Hey, it's just us. But here's a something else. So it's a picture of him dressed as Santa's and he's making toys. I just adore him. Anyway, and he's got a great podcast, too, and he's invited me to be on it. And I'm about, but it's on camera, not not like mine here in the dark and the sly. But um, I'm about to get up the nerve to go on it because he's he's such a sweetie. But um, You could do this. You could do this. Touched by an Anglo. I'm going to wear my corgi mask. See if it, <laughs> that's what I'll do. I'll wear my corgi face mask so I can are moisturize. You, are you going to invite Fiona? I might. You ought to bring Fiona with you, you know. I don't know. You know, Fiona, she gets she gets on those moods. Like she's still at that age where she's ashamed to be seen with her parents. Like, I should look uh, well, at her. You can just see your back of the fourth wall. Like, is this the stupidest woman or what? So, I have to I have to close my office door because every time I have a Zoom call, the cats get up and moon them. You're the second person that's told me that. I mean, you know, every one of them, you know, I can't, I have pretty cats. I have three really beautiful cats. Oh, you do? You, they're gorgeous. You know, two blacks and a, and a, and a sweet little Burmese cat. And do they show their, their little faces? No. No. <laughs> no, they, they well, I, I mean, I kind of think that they, they don't like the computer that much. You know, mom spends too much time on the computer and not enough time with them. And, oh, well, well, consequently, you know, they're going to show it exactly their displeasure. Mm-hmm. Either that or mm-hmm. I'm so gorgeous that they just want to look at me, but, <laughs> you know. <laughs> hey, here's the... Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're the second person that's told me that this week that their cats do that, come and show their behinds to the camera on a Zoom call. Okay, here's what and I was hoping some other people, because I've asked a couple of people for some help on this, mm-hmm. and um, I thought you might be the perfect person to help me craft this phone calls from um, health insurance people. Mm-hmm. And I know. And uh, and listen, we don't say now on this show. We say a lot of stuff and a lot of crazy, funny stuff, but we don't talk ugly. Okay, we don't mm-hmm. talk hateful. We don't talk ugly, which means nobody gives out anybody's age or birth date without permission. Mm-hmm. So, all right. But anyway, because of that, I get these weird calls. Now, starting if they started, they want to come over Whoa. and check on me. And they'll say, well, we could come. I said, well, why do you need to come over? Well, we can check, you know, see how you're doing, you know, maybe just a little bit of a physical, uh, check your blood. And we can check your medicines and your, and your, see how things are or how your house is. Have you been falling down? Oh. Do you fall down a lot? And shit like that. Okay. So this is really ticking me off. Why do you need to – because see, me, okay, I'm a city girl. When somebody's asking about coming over to check me out for my health, something that's supposed to be to help me, I feel like somebody's trying to case the joint. 
See what yeah, I've got stealing. <laughs> because that comes from a long line of crooks and felons. But anyway, and I'm the black sheep of the family. I never went with the family business. But still, I keep thinking, are they here to see what I've got? They're going to see if they like my furniture. They have any electronic equipment they might want. But they keep wanting to come and check out. So I told some girlfriend, you can help me with this. I need to be able to work them into the conversation where they say, you know, do you fall? Do you fall a lot? Have you fallen much lately? And I said, the one story that came to mind was, oh, gosh, about 20 years ago, me and my friend Teresa Garman went to a strip club. And we noticed that when one of the girls came out, she didn't, when they called her, she came out on the stage and come out with, you know, flair to begin her performance. The first thing she did, she had a towel in her hand. She started wiping down the pole. Mm-hmm. Which makes sense. If somebody's got maybe baby oil on their legs or something or, or a tan lotion, they're going to mm-hmm. get the pole, pole on. It's going to ruin your show. So I thought, that's what I'm going to say. Well, yeah, I did, I did fob. It was a work injury, though. You know, and then try to get her. What were you doing? Well, the girl that came out before me, she wiped down the pole, but she didn't. I thought she wiped it down. And then when I hit, the stage fell off. I mean, it fell off the stage. And thank goodness she all made me get a tetanus shot. But, but I got to find a way to where it comes out little by little. You know, like a Bob Newhart kind of thing. Oh boy. Someday yeah. I'll tell you what I did to the computer guy. Remember all those computer scam calls? I had a guy going for 30 minutes. Mm. Going where? Well, uh, they called and they they wanted me to check my windows. And I kept saying, oh, they're fine. They're fine. You know, they and, and, and I kept walking around and I kept, uh, you know, and, oh, I've got to go here and I've got to go here. And I walked all over the house and, you know, I just kept telling them all this stuff. And, and 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 you know everything's okay and the and you know and and oh look there's you know there's oh this is making me mad the next door neighbor's letting their dog poop on my yard and they're going ma'am it's it's your windows on your computer and I and finally you know after I did all this walking around with this guy I said uh-huh. oh windows I don't have windows I have a Mac. And I wish I could have recorded him cursing in whatever language it was, because he was his head was literally exploding on the other end of the line, and I'm just I'm just like, and I'm laughing so hard, and he's screaming at me, and I finally hang up on him, and I hadn't gotten any calls like that forever. It was brilliant. <laughs> Well, but, you know, you, you know, you, yeah, you've got to do something like that. That, that you know, yeah. you fell off the pole, or, or you know, um, you know, the only time you do that is when you're drinking excessively, or, yeah, you know, oh, you know, uh, well, you know, I was trying to break into the, my neighbor's house, you know, <laughs> uh, or, or, oh, you're a peeping tom. You know, you're you're peeping in your neighbor's window because they're doing something interesting. You know, or 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 maybe you're trying to watch. I've got it. You're 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 you know you're an elderly woman and you're you're you know stuff's being cut off because you're poor, and you're climbing a ladder to to look over in your neighbor's window so you can watch his HBO. <laughs> 
and you don't know what HBO stands for. You're kind of worried about that because isn't B.O. body odor? <laughs> I mean, you can run for this for miles if you want to. That Hebo, that sounds like something foreign to me. Yeah. Yeah, Hebo. Yeah. <laughs> or is that a hobo? Is that something short for a hobo? You know, yeah. You know, yeah, my husband they, says, just tell him you still, tell them you're not dead yet. You still drive a six-speed manual transmission. Like that. They not, they're going to skip. If you come up with something direct, they're going to talk over you. And But we still need to. But we still need to. So you got to get them. And you got to do it in a sly, slick way. You're, you're one of the best writers I know. You know how to, oh, my gosh, while we're on the air, tell people. One of my favorite books. Fanny and Dice that you wrote. Please tell people what it's about. It's about Persephone and Eurydice escaping from Hades' realm and ending up in the Wild West. And these mm-hmm. poor Greek god- goddesslets are running around in a mining town, um, <laughs> you know, trying to find some place where they fit in. And, you know, um, Fanny, of course, is Persephone, and Dice is Eurydice, because the natives in in this South Dakota mining town do not understand Greek very well. (laughs) And these these women who have been in hell, they, they do have English because they've talked to, you know, the people that have come to Hades' realm, um... So, you know, they, they, they have talked to English-speaking people, and they know the language, sort of. And, um, you know, Persephone, Fanny, goes all out. I mean, she's she's ready for a good time. She's mm. gone to work in the museum. Uh, the museum, I'm sorry, the saloon. Saloon! <laughs> uh, yeah, she's gone to work in the saloon as a hooker. Um, uh-huh. And uh, it, I'm not going to tell too much more of that. And girl's got to turn a butt, baby. <laughs> yeah. Well, Eurydice, Eurydice Dice is um, is playing the piano in the saloon, and the rest of the time t- dressed as a little boy because you know she's trying to keep her virtue. And it's just it's it's interesting. And the sequel is coming out soon, and it will be dedicated. <laughs> To the lovely and talented Valjean Jeffers, who oh, passed oh this year. Yes. So yes. it's oh. I'm working on it, and and I was almost ready to get it done and get it out, and that hit kind of hard, and I'm just sitting on it for a bit. Because if it weren't for you, I wouldn't have known Valjean Jeffers. Um. She was the best, just one of the most amazingly talented women. Um, she wrote wonderful books. Um, just her vampire series is is next to none. She's um, mm-hmm. just, I, I, you know, Mona Livelong, the vampire, is just stellar. Um, and she is hugely talented if anybody is interested in that type of fiction val jean v-a-l-j-e-a-n-n-e 
Jeffers, J-E-F-F-E-R-S, brilliant, talented, mm-hmm. wonderful woman, and her work should live for years after her. Please oh, help yes. make that happen. I mean, uh, Milton Davis, another fantastic science fiction writer to whom you yes. introduced me, I had mentioned it and I, on Facebook, and I just, oh, my heart. Um, what a magnificent woman, so talented. Yeah, she's she will be remembered for many years. She is she's just amazing. And somewhere up there she's telling stories, you know, I just know it. And you know, she's also uh another another magnificent writer that passed away. I think about a month ago, but um I learned this from uh you know, Tina McElroy Ansa when she was on um <clears throat> Well, she was hasn't been on here about a year, but she had mentioned it on uh, Instagram. I know it was Valerie Boyd Jackson, and I crap because I, you know her. Uh, I've I've heard of her. Yeah, wrapped I think in, I've read Wrapped them. in Rainbows about um, Dora Neale Hurston. Yeah, and I saw her went at the went to the Atlanta to the uh, Georgia. Um, Author Awards, uh, Author of the Year Awards, and she mm-hmm. got an award for that. I bought it from her. It was autographed, that book. I didn't know anything about Zora Neale Hurston. I just thought I was just so fascinated with Valerie, uh, Valerie Boy Jackson that I had to have that. That um, And and Zora Neale Hurston, it's, it's just a magnificent, it's just an astounding book, what her what her life was like and how... She worked, studied anthropology, and she was just a multi. Yeah, she was a multifaceted, multi-talented woman. Mm-hmm. And and biographies are so hard to make someone live on the paper. You know, it's it, it. So many times, if 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 writing a good biography for a person is a skill it's it's not it's 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 a gift because you know people don't want to read history it's important to write a biography that you can envision you can hear the person you can envision the person on the page and you're pulling with them as their life unfolds. Ah, I like that's, the way you describe that. that. Yeah. Is a gift. It is better than gold, and those kind of books stay with you for the rest of your life. Oh, indeed, they do. Yes. Um, wow. That, I love. Say that again. Basically, it's you're not writing a history; you are making their life unfold before you. Um, it's like a movie in a book, and you're 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 making the person come alive, Paige, and you're seeing their life as it transpires and comes to its you're fulfillment. Pulling. Pulling for them, yeah. pulling with them, yeah. Uh, yeah, you're pulling true. with them. You're, you know, you're seeing their challenges, their sorrows, their 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 joys, 
and you want them to succeed as you're reading their biography, even when you know they already did. You know, mm-hmm. it's just that that those kind of really well written biographies are hard to come by. Yeah, so true, so true. And what a joy when you um, when you get them. You know, uh, Paul Myers was on here uh, a couple of years ago. And he's a good writer of biographies. Um, and I would think that would have to be some of the hardest thing to do is to go and study somebody's life. I don't know if it'd be more difficult when they're living or not, but to um, I don't know. You 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 can't be biased. Haven't you ever read? I have read some biographies where I felt like. The writer just did not like the person, <laughs> and it just ruined it for you know, mess it up. Well, everybody, at least once, should have a history class where they write a biography. You know, of mm-hmm. of of a famous person or someone they knew, or whatever. Because the the skill to trace a life and a timeline is useful. It's it's a useful research tool. It's a useful connection, logical connection tool as a writer, and it's useful just to have the ability to assemble language that way. Mm-hmm. And. You know, I don't know whether they do that anymore or not, but, um, you know, writing a short biography, even even as a business person, for instance, when I, back when I, I'm retired now, but when I worked for the Department of Commerce in Oklahoma, uh, one of my jobs was to write biographies for speakers for an event and you know just a short um maybe 50 to 100 words to sum up their life but to make it more interesting than what am i trying to say more interesting than just you know, oh, he was born and he did. He got educated here and he went into business here and he had this family and he died kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You need to pull up something that's more, you know, uh, he, he, you know, for instance, take my grandfather. He was the first Ford dealer in western Oklahoma, um, you know, started with Model A's and went all the way up to past the Mustang. And if you asked him what his favorite car was, it was still the Model A because it was the first one. You know, Uh it was the first time he was on wheels and, you know, instead of walking or riding in a wagon. And, you you know, he wasn't looking at the back end of a horse. (laughs) <laughs> you know, yeah, he was on. He, you know, yeah, he, he was on wheels, and he wasn't looking at the back end of a horse. And 
and dealing with the byproduct as well sometimes. <laughs> but you know, it's it's that kind of thing that that changes that 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 makes introduces a speaker and makes them live. Mm-hmm. You know, or or makes them live even if they're not here anymore. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's important to not make this a piece of paper that yellows and dries at the edges. It's a memory that impresses in, itself in the reader's mind that they can share later on. Mm-hmm. Another one that's good that, that you may want to consider sometime is oral history. You know, where a interviewer, an, an interviewer starts out, you know, basically with the, with the basic facts and then elicits them to tell stories about their life. Oh, because okay. you would be very good at that. And, you know, recording oral histories is a way to keep family members and beloved people alive. Um, you know, one of my funnier uncles, great uncles, a great, great uncle, um, uh, did, John McFarland did an oral history, and he he was kind of a rascal. He was the guy that told dirty jokes at funerals when everybody was starting to cry and getting all soppy. You know, he he was the guy that said, you know, well, you know, the Scotsman, you know, was given a gift by a friend, you know, that you can pour this bottle of fine scotch on your grave, on my grave when I die. And he said, do you mind if it goes through my kidneys first? (laughs) Yeah. To to a seven year old kid at her at some at a great aunt's funeral, and I bust up. You know, I bust up at my at this at this relative's funeral, and everybody's looking at me, and Uncle John's sitting up there beside me, just grinning like a fiend. Everybody knows he did it, and I'm in trouble, and I'm thinking. You know, I'm laughing at a funeral, and I and I remember this now because if I can make somebody smile at a funeral, if I can bring up some memory that brings some joy instead of having people sob their eyes out, it's mm-hmm. a lot better. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it, this is how this is how character is built. This is how character is structured, and how life. Is made better, yeah, in person and in spoken in written word as well. And you know, too, I was talking about oral history. I find myself lately so much thinking about uh, grandmother, great aunts, mm-hmm. and what their life was really like. I, I wonder so much. About, I know what they did, basically, but I want to know more of what happened, what they felt like, what got them to where, why did they choose maybe who they married or if they didn't get married? Mm-hmm. Just, just all kind of little things I wish I had known about them. Yeah. I wish somebody had written it down. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think that's the important thing. It's important to remember to, to, to have those details for posterity if you can. 
Well, speaking of uh, posterity, I am so glad, so grateful that you that there will be a sequel to Fanny and Dice, and I hope you will be. be <laughs> I hope you're going to be telling it, um, telling us about it here. Oh yeah, Perry Salon, because <laughs> it's just the greatest book. And uh, you uh, yeah, it's like number you... one in a girl's prison, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know what? You know who else is that? I mentioned to um, Jen Lancaster. Don't know mm-hmm. if you read Jen Lancaster. You have, you know. Yes. And yes. When I, I was, oh my God, I love her book, Bright Lights, Big Ass. Um, <laughs> Bitter is the new black, or why you shouldn't take a Prada bag to the unemployment office. Um, all of hers, I love so much. And when I finally got her, when I got her on the show, and I talked to her before the show, before we started, and she said, uh, I told her that I sent some of yours and some of hers, and she said, Oh, I do that all the time. I send them to women's prisons all the time. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, a book can go to 20 or 30 women in a prison, and they can sit and talk about what they've read and find some connection. Mm -hmm. Words, experiences, words, whatever, give people connection. And, you know, there are women who have learned to read in prison. Which just shocked the crap out of me when I realized how how I, in some ways, you know, it 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 may not be the criminal justice system that's that's the problem. It may be the education system that's mm. the problem with incarceration because so many of the education levels, you know, no maybe eighth or ninth grade to achieve maybe not even that maybe not even a decent level of literacy in either math or english or science mm-hmm. and you know these these girls are getting their geds in prison these girls women whatever they're getting geds they're learning to read and reading even sharing a book and discussing a book gives them a connection with each other and helps them maybe to understand even parts of the book that they didn't understand themselves. Mm, yeah, yeah. Well, and you know, that's the thing too, and they just share I, I thought to hear that people learn to read. That's mm-hmm. that's wonderful. I've always thought that would be one of the greatest things I could ever do in my life would be to teach an adult to read, to teach anybody to read. I think mm-hmm. you know, you give a, you're giving them such a wealth of of information, a way to live their life better, a way to entertain themselves better. Uh, they get yeah. everything from not being cheated on a on a bill or anything else to you open uh, up a whole new mm-hmm. world. Um, I was a slow reader going through school. I was born with cataracts, so I had to have, and I'm legally blind. I had to have um, cataract surgery before I was five to, you know, be able to even see because if they hadn't removed the lenses from my eyes that were clouded up, I would have just gone blind. Cataracts 
surgery at five? Before. Started at Before three and a half and went to that, or three and went to five. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's it was difficult for me to read. Add to that that I was left-handed and, you know, everything in school was just kind of backward. Mm-hmm. And um, I was in the lowest reading group in in first grade, and I was struggling. I hated Dick and Jane, hated them. Um, and my mom gave me a subscription to Dr. Seuss, which, if you really think about that, explains a whole hell of a lot about me now. <laughs> Yeah, she's a weirdo. Um, but I started tearing through those Dr. Seuss books. I was reading, you know, and by the time I got, I started moving up in in reading groups. And by the time I got out of third grade, I had progressed from the slow falling asleep um, pardon me, in one case of, with one of my fellow classmates eating boogers. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it was bad. It was that, that reading group was really bad. And, you know, I might have had to do a grade over if it hadn't been for Dr. Seuss. <laughs> you know, left-handed, couldn't see, you know, oh, mainstreamed no. in the local school. And, you know, all of a sudden, Dr. Seuss just opened the world. And by the time I was in third grade, I was reading to the younger kids. And the first book I read to a younger class was Green Eggs and Ham. You know, Mm. I am Sam. Sam, I am. I do not like Green Eggs and Ham. (laughs) And, you know, I got applause, and I thought, you know, this is wonderful. And... (laughs) Then I got it. it. Yeah, and I got a fifth grade teacher who turned around, and we had just gotten a library in the school. And my fifth, what are you doing, you little beast? Are you stealing my shoe? I have a cat stealing my shoe. Um, but anyway, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Well, yeah, we'll talk about them some other time. Yeah, well, yeah. I have no idea. But my oldest cat has fandom all around the world because of a piece of Facebook uh, called the Kitten Report, and we're just not even going to go there. But Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I by fifth grade, I had a teacher that you know. I said, "Well, what should I read?" And she's like, she hands me David Copperfield, and that year I went through Dickens and Shakespeare and Greek and Roman mythology, and I can't tell you what else. I read something like a hundred and ten books in that year, and my whole world just came alive. Mm-hmm. And I'm still in touch with her. She's 80 years old, and she's been substituting in the schools because really? you know, yeah, because the the you know teachers had had so much illness with COVID, and she's mm-hmm. just shown up in the schools and just teaching. You know, she she rocks my world. Okay, so she's 80, 
You stay in yeah. touch. She's 80, and she's teaching. I bet she gets a lot of those phone calls, too, about people wanting to come over and check her medicine cabinet. Uh, I, she, she is married to a doctor. I don't know whether he's practicing anymore or not, but one of those, um, she started out, uh, she started our class with um, a college-level, hey, 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 you can't have my shoe. Give it back, Jackson. Little stinker. He's trying to pull my shoe under the bed, probably for some nefarious sexual antics going on. Okay, this is this is this was not supposed to be the episode about cats. Thing. No, this is not Sex. supposed to be. Well, I can't help it. I mean, the you know, the cat life of Becky McFarlane. Becky. <laughs> I'll she he's still in my shoe again. Give me back my shoe. You can't have my shoe. <laughs> you just have feeling when you realize it. Uh, some people don't. I don't think ever do, and they're missing a lot. At least a lot of conjecture if they don't know everything. But yeah, that like your pets have a se- a separate life going on. Uh, all kind of stuff going on. That you, you, mm-hmm. people don't get, never get. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, like like his sudden relationship with this house shoe. Uh, uh, you know, this is a very not very much out there cat. I have two out there cats, and I have one that's just kind of quiet. And suddenly he's not quiet when I'm on the phone with you. Oh, uh, <laughs> remember. <laughs> He well, stuck go ahead. his head in my shoe. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah, remember what? Go ahead. M. William Phelps, or Matt Phelps, uh, he's written, I don't know, maybe 20-something uh, true crime books. He's got a series on uh, ID, uh, Investigation Discovery Channel, and all those kind of things. When he was on my show, I think I had to, the t- dogs were barking. And I had to get him to go uh, beyond the end. It might have been a different, might have been Julie or Benny or somebody. They'd go outside mm-hmm. and they got upset about it and made some kind of painful bark. And he stopped the whole show. He goes, Is that an animal? Yes, it does. Mm-hmm. Have they been hurt? No. Did you hurt them? They sounded like they were kicked. They sounded like they might have mm-hmm. been kicked or stepped on. And he mm-hmm. wouldn't let it go. And of course, on one hand, I'm happy that somebody cares that much about animals that they hear if they just hear the sound of a hurt animal, they're concerned, you know. And so that mm-hmm. was great. But you know, I'm trying to convince them, dude. I'm not okay. I'm in Atlanta, but I'm not broadcasting mm-hmm. from Michael Vick's house. Okay, so mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. Michael, well, it that was how with a big dog, dog fighting. Yes. Uh, oh God. Oh God. But, yeah. But then again, I thought at least, hey, at least he cared to ask. Hey, uh, you know, I if I heard something, I would be doing the same thing. I mean, you know, I, I'm not I'm not above saying, hey, you need to check on your baby or your 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 animal because you know it, they're important. They're and I'll wait. You know, mm-hmm. we're cool. I'll wait. Yeah. Yeah. Um, by the way, um, still chatting with, this is Jennifer Perry, Madam Perry, JP, uh, your spiritual advisor, groove mistress, uh, and host of Madam Perry Salon, the 
Cultural Salon in Cyberspace. And I'm talking to the fabulous Becky Kyle, a.k.a. Rebecca McFarlane Kyle, a.k.a. one of the most fascinating people I know. By the way, it brings to me to a couple of clients of mine that I want to mention. And one is somebody that you, you introduced me to, Doug Bremner, didn't you? Yes, I did. He's amazing. Gosh, yes. He's a, uh, a doctor. He's a professor at Emory University. He's a filmmaker. And he and his sister, Ann Bremner, well-known as a, a, a high-profile lawyer, trial lawyer. And she's also back on court TV now. She was been in the TV legal analyst. The two of them have a book together. And guess who's the publicist? And Who? Me. You? And Congrats. Uh, <laughs> And I got to thank you because if it weren't for you, you know, we wouldn't have met. I wouldn't have met them. I I knew who uh, Ann was. I'd watched her on TV a lot, but I wouldn't have known. You know, she repped um, Amanda Knox mm-hmm. and uh, people like that. Um, because of that, I was uh, kicked off jury duty last Wednesday, but still. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, But anyway, um They've got a book called Justice in the Age of Judgment. Oh, my. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they came on the show about last November to talk about it. Both of them did. Because Doug's been here about three times. That was Anne's first time. They were on together. But now it finally got a publisher, uh, Skyhorse, and it's being distributed and marketed by Simon & Schuster. Oh, that's excellent. Uh-huh. And yeah, and God knows he deserves it. Uh they both do. But this is about how he's um, amazing. He is and then the nicest guy. I mean, he's so talented. Uh but um, just the nicest person. He was one uh while he was in medical school, he was one of the uh researchers who discovered PTSD. This is critical. Um, his first book, You Can't Just Snap Out of It, talks about how he was yeah. in medical mm-hmm. school and he was doing an, uh, brain scans of normal soldiers and soldiers who had returned with what they were calling combat stress at the time and discovered that the amygdala, the processing mm-hmm. for the person, per, per, Portion. portion of a person's brain that processes emotion was shrunk, and it was apparently shrunk by the trauma that they had underwent. And literally, that's where they started identifying the 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 reasons, the causes for you know what they what for years they called progressively soldier's heart, combat stress, and now post-traumatic stress disorder. And he has a whole campus in Atlanta where he treats soldiers with PTSD, and he's just amazing. He's he's Is a he, really good guy. I did not know that. As, as many, He's been on my show three times in the past, what, maybe five or six years, or four times mm-hmm. now, and I did not know that. By the way... Um, Two things to say. One, if you want to call in, the number is 646-716-9922. And as always, if you can't make a call, you can always message me 
on Facebook, either through Jennifer Modette Perry or Madam Perry Salon. Or if you're like one of my favorite people, you haven't met Megan yet. Megan Whitlock. Uh, she oh, has yeah. Been- Oh gosh, she was listening to this, and she had a, she had something to say about um, something that you said. So okay. I'm gonna read that in a second. I'm sure she won't mind. But um, Megan has come Hi, on. Hi, Megan. Hey, Megan. Yeah, and I'm sure she's saying hey back. Uh, that was very sweet of you. Uh, so Megan produces a show and handles stuff, and also she was works with me in my business, which is a. Uh, uh, entertainment publicist, and also social media management. And she is just a godsend. She's also my niece. So um, it ain't just nepotism. This woman works hard, okay? She had a baby and was working, had the laptop up there. So, uh, she, but she said, so she finally, she's sick, her baby's sick. So she said, uh, a few minutes ago, said, I, um, I just put Harper to bed. That's a little girl. Her kids are Harper and Atticus. And said, um, "Oh, I'm I check- love her already. I know, love her. Oh my God, I know she is lovable." And she says, "I'm going to check it out now." And then she said, "And I thought, oh well, she's that's sweet. She's probably going so exhausted. She'll probably sit down and fall asleep." She said, "I died when she said Cat was taking her shoe." <laughs> <laughs> so. We got some messed up animals. <laughs> this is seriously a meatloaf cat. He is normally, you know, the the, the calmest, sweetest boy. I mean, he'll he'll occasionally he'll play with Austin, but he just doesn't mess with anything. But I'm on the phone, and he's like, he's got to take my shoe and and drag it all over everywhere and um, have his way with it. Probably. <laughs> um, yes, and I had another cat that did that as well. <laughs> you know, you know. I saw something today. Uh, there's a, a news thing comes around the Supporter Report uh, by Maria Supporter ever in Atlanta, and uh, she's talking about what's been going on um, in town, things happening. Or this might have been the rough draft from Colin Kelly. But anyway, mm-hmm. one of the things that's changing in Atlanta. Some. Uh, there's like a rock and roll, you know, an alternate bar, uh, rock and roll bar being shut down. It's been around for decades. Also, oh, uh, no. a popular, um, uh, I guess popular, I, they said, I've never heard of this one, but it's, uh, um, uh, what do you call it? Like a BDSM club in Atlanta Ooh. being shut down. Mm-hmm. I said, you know, where do, it was one of the best places of popular, like, like some of the snobbier people up on the north side went there, or all kind of folks went to it. And sometimes people knew what they were doing and had somebody teach them. And sometimes learn as you go with a couple of dangerous situations. But anyway, and I'm thinking while you're talking about this, I'm thinking, and, and because Megan's laughing at it too, I'm thinking, you know, it's like our our pets have, they take our shoes. Oh, my God, Tybee has to have a shoe. You know, we thought he just did it because it made us run after him. And then he could make us go run around and around the living room. And then he takes us to the front door, so we'll take him out. But mm-hmm. he just never seems to give up that shoe, and we find him under the bed. And so your guys are getting shoes. My dogs are getting shoes. I don't know. Uh, Megan has a dog uh, now, Hank, and um, she's never. Hank's a very good boy. He won't mess with anything that's not his. But um, mm-hmm. it's it's interesting. It really is. I literally had a cat who would bring a shoe out when we had company and um 
engage in activities with the shoe. <laughs> we we uh, Tony and I were in college. <laughs> yes, we were in college, and he brought a shoe out um, under the table. I'm the only female in this group. Um, you know, group projects in college. You know what that means? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, toil and trouble and pain and sorrow. <laughs> and there's always and, one that doesn't do a damn thing but takes credit. So, yeah, well, yeah. Oh, I've I've got stories about that. But this wasn't one of those groups for some odd reason. Um, and we were all sitting at the dining room table, and the cat brings my shoe out and starts, you know, <laughs> and I'm thinking. Uh, you know, uh, this, could this get worse? And the, the the only time it ever got worse is one of our female friends was over, and he said, she said, "Honey, would you like a cigarette?" And we all just <laughs> went nuts. But you know, their their I think their job is possibly to keep us humble. You know, uh, cl- clearly. Clearly, you know, I'm, I, you know, I'm feeling like here I am. I'm having a, a an interview with somebody who has interviewed people far above my level in writing, um, elocution, any anything else, and you know, I'm, I'm keeping her laughing, which is good. Either that, or she's faking it, and she's very good at that, <laughs> or she's very good at that, rather. But <laughs> what was that cat's name? I think that was Merlin. Okay. Wasn't it Merlin that did the shoes, Tony? Yes, it was Merlin that did the shoes. It's too bad that Merlin didn't have uh, the opportunity to have an OnlyFans account because you could have been monetizing that like mad. I I, I am shocked. I am literally shocked at how I probably should have been paying more attention to the kitten report because I can't tell you how many people know Austin from this thing. Oh my gosh, your your, your cats are famous. Uh, that's kind of frightening, but yeah. I mean, yeah. Like I especially mean, it, after, after Fiona and I drove to Tucson March for the steampunk for Wild Wild mm-hmm. West Con, and she just really came out of her shell there. Um, so yeah, it's like people know people and your cats. People know them. Mm-hmm. How could we not? With all these stories. Oh, talk about uh, the flowers. Mhm. That I sent you. Oh, thank you. They were lovely. And oh, they well, didn't, I didn't eat. To, I didn't mean to like self, you know, like me, me, me. But I mean, your cat wanted them. Uh, I had to hide the flowers from my cat. I had to put them up high, and and to keep keep them safe from the cat, because the cat attempted to, uh, shall I say, he tried to eat the flower arrangement. Please don't eat the daisies. <laughs> Fortunately, you did not send anything that is cat poison, but I still didn't want him to eat it. And I still have the planter. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's that's part of our master plan, the, hey. uh, the tour bus. Yes, I love the tour bus. Um, Tony Becky actually is <laughs> on the road. 
Tony has actually, I need to send you one. Tony has actually 3D printed a Volkswagen, uh, you know, that old-fashioned funky Volkswagen bus. It's mm-hmm. a pencil holder. It's got like 18 slots in it for your pens and pencils. And it's great. It's adorable. <laughs> isn't, isn't it great to have a man that can do stuff? <laughs> oh, yeah. He's he's multi-talented and, you know, you know he's he's good at putting out fires and you know uh, retrieving cats from the top of door sills and all mm-hmm. kinds of interesting things you know As, you know aside from being far more computer literate than i am which is highly useful as well he's a good guy yes he is yes he is yeah Denton's building a deck in the back and uh i'm helping well, sometimes, but not like he's doing it. He's doing the hard work. But oh, oh, and and also Brandy Stillwell. Let me get back because I want to give I want to give and you too. If there's somebody you want to give some love to or some shout out about what they're doing, say it now. Brandy, um, a couple. You know she she's done uh, improv with uh, Second City and the Groundlings, and that's how she created her um, character Sasquatch Detective Tanya Light. Oh my God, that is that made. is. That is the funniest book. Uh, I mean, <laughs> literally, this is something you should not read while you're drinking water or any kind of beverage <laughs> because you'll spew it on the book. And um, uh, yeah, it, definitely, um, if 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 laughing makes you want to go to the bathroom, older <laughs> ladies, um, <laughs> you definitely want to be close to one to read her book. It is. It, it is a, at least a three or four pee break book. I promise you. <laughs> well, she, she well, and her. Oh, none of this is going according to plan. Oh my God, how many things could happen to one woman? And every time, and I did not read it straight through. I keep skipping around, and because I want to make it last longer, so I'll yeah. skip around with a couple of stories. And let me tell you, the stories about Ron Jeremy, of course, Betty White. Uh, Charlie Sheen, George Michael, these are people, uh, see, Alex Borstein, these are people that she knows, that know her, that have worked with her. And because she loved Betty White so much, every time she had Betty, the, she would cast Betty on, um, uh, what's it called, Family Guy, and said uh-huh. at the end, Betty would come over to her and just hold, you know, hold her, pet her arm and say, now, Brandy. You've got to keep helping me get these gigs because you know I've got a lot of animals to feed. Like, oh, oh God. my heart, yeah. But oh, she, that makes me want to cry. I remember that. I know, I know she loves it. But uh, I said something to Brandy one night. She called, and uh, because I was been working with her uh, to promote her book, uh, none of this is going according to plan. Which I'm so grateful <laughs> that you know she she trusted me. You know, that's like trusting somebody with the. Uh, one of the most valuable things you'll ever have, like your child, your baby, or, or your yeah. cat, yeah. And so, this is, I was so this grateful. This is your brainchild. Oh yeah, that's her brain. Yeah, and these are true stories. So um, she would talk. Sometimes we talk on the phone at night, and she would keep me laughing. And I said, I can't believe you're not doing stand up every night. She goes, Well, no, I'm not a stand up comic. I'm a storyteller. I do improv. I said, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say I didn't understand, you know, wasn't paying attention. It's just that you keep me laughing so much. You know, it's like I'm just, I'm in tears. I had to make her stop for a while. I let me compose myself. And 
Um, so I guess we were talking about, so she went with a friend and hit up an open mic at a club in L.A. where mm-hmm. she lives. And then she said it was great. She killed the first time. Then there was another one. She said, wasn't that great? Then another one. Well, now she's starting to get, she is booked. A friend of hers told her to go to the Comedy Chateau and do an audition. She did, and she's booked on Thursday, October 13th, 8 p.m. Um, oh, that's great. So I'm going to be sharing this picture. She told me, she says, now I'm not giving you this to promote her. I'm just letting you know. And I said, are you kidding? This delights. I, I feel like a fairy godmother just hearing about it, you know, even though I didn't do it. She's the one that's funny. She's the one that got up on, got the nerve to get up on stage and uh, do it and go to an audition. So I am just so proud of her. Um, so I'm going to be sharing this. So anybody in Los Angeles, Deanna Bella Rose. Uh, all of my other friends that might be listening, Jackie Monahan, everybody I know that's in Los Angeles uh, needs to go see her because she's a funny woman. And she's just one of the nicest people I'll ever meet, but very, very funny, very talented. So, uh, and this will uh, be are, they, are they going to record show. this? Are they going to record I don't know. this? I don't know, but most comedians, you know, uh, record themselves. When in '93, when I took a stand-up comedy class, and I know it was '92, '93, because recently I found my book from the class I took, and mm-hmm. yeah, they always say record yourself so you can see, you know, what worked, what didn't, what's it your timing or whatever. So I know she records them, but she, um, I haven't gotten to hear any of them, but yeah, this will be great. She's. She's quite a storyteller, and so many of her stories are true that it's just like it's just like they were just given to her. I know it's crazy, probably not so fun when it happened, Brandy, but they're hilarious. Uh, some and of the, I mean, literally, some of the best stories are when you've had your pratfalls in life. You know, it's it, and if you can. One of my life mottos is sooner or later, I'm going to look back on this and laugh. And for the most part, <laughs> that is true. <laughs> yeah, well, I found if you look back and laugh, then you're the winner. And, you know, Absolutely. Um, but the people that hold a grudge and want revenge, just make yourself sick. You know, what, what's the expression? It's like drinking poison, waiting for the other person to die. So, yep. uh and I believe that. So anyway, well, Becky, I, I've got to apologize. You were so kind to call in, and I've kept you on here for an hour. But you're so much fun. We don't, we haven't talked lately. So I, I have missed you. you, and and it's a joy to talk to you every time. So if you ever need to talk to somebody or need to have a pajama party, I'm here. Okay, and you know. People, if you're if you're new to the show, you may not have heard this yet, but I've been talking for years about my dream is just to get a tour bus um, and just go across the country, and people can get on whether they're writers, uh, whether authors, poets, musicians, um, comedians, whatever they do, and we'll just go from town to town. Like there's a lot of podcasts that go out and do live shows, like uh, Welcome to Night Vale or Leyendas Legendarias. But and they go perform um, in theaters and so forth, or, or or concerts or whatever are held. But this would be one we would take on the road, and there would be some people that would get on in one town and get off in another. So it could be a a flowing of uh, cast. But and I want to do this it, with Becky Kyle. I've got to do it this would with be Becky like Kyle. a Chautauqua. 
because that's what they used to call them. A what? They were traveling shows where they moved from town to town and had, you know, like even people like Mark Twain and people like that coming to read for them and perform. And, you know, they had some amazing performances just you know the 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 shows moving from town to town and cars and wagons and whatever and pitching a tent at the town and charging admission oh, um, and it was called what a chautauqua c h a t a u q u a i believe okay just a, okay. an opportunity okay. to learn and and grow and do i can dig it all right, my sister. Well, thank you so much. I have, I really have missed you, and I just, uh, I'm just so glad I know you for all the great. I'm grateful for all the people I know through that I've that I've met through social media, or through the podcast, or through other people's podcasts or works. And um, was it Shakespeare that said, "I am wealthy in my friends"? Indeed. Indeed. So you got to have think, friends. Oh, seriously. Uh, said Boogie Klingman and uh, Bette Midler. But I think at this point, rather than go out with my song, Everybody's Got to Swing, I can only think of one other song that would be as much fun. And this is by a guy that um, I've gotten to see a couple of times lately and got to meet him, Bruce Sudano. You know Bruce? No. I think I first heard him in a group called Brooklyn Dreams back in the seventies, eighties. But um there's a lot of he's a songwriter for a lot of people, um, Alive and Kicking, and you know the song Hold On, Oh Just a Little Bit Tighter Now, baby. He's written a lot of famous songs with or for other people. And then oh, that's when, great. He working, uh, when he was I think um on the label Casablanca and he was writing songs mm-hmm. and they had this girl song writer, a singer who had just come back from a long tour in Europe. She had been in Germany mostly. And they got together, wrote a song the first day. Um, Heck, this might be the song they wrote the first day. And then they later got married. And her name was was Donna Summer. Oh, my God. That's how I know that name. Oh, my gosh. He's been on the show twice, maybe three times. And... um, yeah, and I've got to see him perform before the Zombies last year and also at a more intimate concert at Eddie's Attic in Atlanta a couple of months ago uh, with my friends Mike and Ann Went, You've got to see him live, too, but he is just such a talent. He said, somebody asked him one time on the radio, said, why would, Beth, why would Donna Summer marry you? <laughs> oh, my God. I think of what a rude question he says. I just looked at him and said, because I'm irresistible. I thought, Perfect, and he is a charming man. And so, uh, I'm going to go out with Bruce Sudano and Bad Girls. And this is Jennifer, Madam Perry, fabulous Becky Collins. You say I'm out. We love, love you, ladies. Love you, love of Becky. Picking up all kinds of strangers. Right. You can't score if your pocket's tight. Want a good time? You ask yourself who they are. Like anybody else, 
you ready? Yep. They come from oh. near far. Here we go. Sad girl. Sad girl. Talking about the sad girl. Sad, sad girl. Sad, 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 sad girl. Sad, sad girl. Talking about the bad girl. Now it's Friday night, and the ship is hot. Sun gone down, and they're out to try. Bitch, my legs look hot. Do you wanna get down? Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.